dude, everyone, like I thought Minnesota was like a death trap, right? I think it, it probably is. When I was walking around, everybody was so nice to me. Like I couldn't, I was like, now I know what they mean by Minnesota nice. Maybe they talk crap behind my back, but they were freaking everyone there. I was like, I want to come back. I love this. They're so, so they're so close to Canada. That's why they're so nice up there. You think so? Yeah, they have that Canadian, I guess it's the North US slash Canadian accent. Hello, my friends. What up, bitch? Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people. It is week 38 of 2023. I'm Chris Louie, and thankful to have survived another round of Is It COVID in the Louie household. With me, I have my co-host, the Vanilla Gorilla, who is currently in last place in his fantasy football league. How do you know that I'm actually last place, Chris? It was a lucky guess, but it was an educated guess. Uh, I'm currently tied because, uh, for last place, on that note, I joined a new group this year, and they use, so I was using the ESPN one, like the fantasy football app, but they use Yahoo, and so there's two problems. One, I've never used it before, so now I just sound like I'm old, but two, like the text is really small, and so like, I have to like take a screenshot and zoom in to see what the hell I'm doing, and then three... I was at my daughter's volleyball game, and uh, I actually started Kelsey, and he was out. So it was, it was game <laughs> over before the game. Well, yes, you also picked Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. No, man. But I'll tell you what, four plays and five snaps. You know what I'm saying? Uh, out for God. the season. Have you seen the slow motion video of that? I have not. Is it bad? It's not oh, like you... the, 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 the Theisman thing, right? What Joe thought. You can actually see like when his like when his, torn like, ACL, right? Yeah, like when he goes like that, you can actually see oh. the ripple go up into his uh, his calf muscle. It's wild. Oh, yeah. Ouch. Thank you, uh, Alec, if you're listening for for showing me that video. I'll be forever scarred. Well, I wish Aaron Rodgers yeah. a speedy recovery. <laughs> and we have Glenn Medina getting ready to pay the next round of college tuition bills. Oh, God, don't remind me. But I, I just want to know, how, how is it that your family is catching up on the rounds of COVID that are going around right now? I, I don't uh, I don't get that, Chris. What are your kids doing? They're young. It, wasn't, it wasn't COVID. It, we oh. had to play that game, though. I mean, they had all the symptoms, sore throat, fever, coughing, but we tested you know, two times at home. We tested one time with the doctor, all negative, so it was just probably a bad cold. Maybe it's the new type of COVID that cannot be... It's the undetectable version. The undetectable version. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, un- no symptoms and uh, no detection, but it's still COVID. So, Chris, let me ask you, had they tested positive, what would you have done differently? I would just quarantine on different sides of the house. Don't you normally quarantine when people are sick? Like, stay away from me? Or do you guys just mm. cuddle anyways? No, not necessarily. No, only if it is COVID because it's highly contagious. No, I'm weird. Yeah, but I, it's not. You're sick. Stay away from not, me. Yeah, it's contagious, but it's not like it's killer anymore, right? No one's really dying from COVID anymore. No, but it's very unpleasant for the time that you do have it, which I would want to avoid if I can. Spoken from the one yeah. guy or two guys that haven't had it yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. You're outnumbered, Brian. I'll, I'll take COVID over the flu any day. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I almost think I I've had COVID before. Just never tested for it 
like it was that Seattle August. trip, wasn't yeah. it? You said February I, before COVID was a thing. Yeah. You got really sick in Seattle. Yeah, like it, it knocked me out for a week. So I'm pretty sure I've had it. But it's funny because you don't see the antigens for it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's gone by now. Long gone. No, I guess this week we did try, but couldn't make it work due to schedules. But we do have somebody confirmed for next week, so be sure to tune in for that. Who is it? I'm so excited. Yeah. I'll find out next week. <sighs> Speaking of which, we might have to change the recording day, but okay. We'll talk about that later. Thanks. After I confirmed <laughs> a guess, you know, you're going to change it. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> if it's not his audio, it's scheduling, ladies and gentlemen. Combined, we have decades of information security experience and here not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This week, we're going to talk about the LastPass breach, the NSO group being alive and well, for our third topic, SAS holes lose out big time and close with iPhone 15 talk. I can't believe we're not going to talk about Caesars paying the ransomware. Yeah. And then finally and the SEC. That is crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe next week after that. Next week. Yeah. I'll okay. talk about that one next week. I already picked out the three stories details. before that breaking news came out, Brian. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. For our first topic, we revisit a story we covered last year about the LastPass data breach, or more accurately, the two data breaches that LastPass suffered. The first breach stole the encrypted data from LastPass, and the second breach was to steal the encryption keys to decrypt the stolen data. The stolen data contained encrypted user password vaults, so as long as the users used a high number of PBKDF iterations and a strong password, they were fine. Well, friend of the show, Brian Krebs, did some digging, and he believes whoever stole the LastPass password vaults is now cracking them one by one offline to steal people's cryptocurrency. Almost $100 million worth of crypto is believed to be stolen so far. The common thread here is that users reporting their crypto wallets getting drained with no obvious signs that they've been breached. That is, no SIM swapping, no phishing attempts, and no password resets. The leading theory now is that these crypto enthusiasts stored their seed phrase or their recovery phrase for their wallet in LastPass's safe notes feature, and whoever is cracking the password vaults is obtaining the seed phrase, which allows them to drain the crypto wallet. One of the crypto victims works for a blockchain forensic company, Chainalysis, so you can rest assured that these stolen funds will be traced through the blockchain to see where they ultimately end up. And this is the number one reason why your online Bitcoin wallet, or I'm sorry, cryptocurrency wallet should be MFA as well. Why is it not MFA'd? Oh my it gosh. That it doesn't crazy. matter. It doesn't matter if it's MFA. If they get that seed phrase, all bets are off. They can just clone your wallet no 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 but to get to get to your 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 last pass stored passwords right don't they have mfa no it doesn't matter because they're already in it at that point so they do but yeah. if you think about what it is if you, you give LastPass your username your password and your mfa code then that then 
unlocks the decryption key for your vault. But if they can get the decryption key offline by brute force cracking it, then it still doesn't matter if they have MFA. This is scary. Holy cow. So I don't know that the this would work against an offlane wallet, though, right? Well, as long as you have the recovery for it, even if it's an offline wallet like a, a ledger or a trezor, you as long as you have that backup recovery phrase, you can load it onto another device and clone the wallet and steal all the money. So, so Chris, in this situation, what would you have done differently other than not use LastPass? Well, first of all, the backup phrase should, as much as you can, not be stored in the cloud. Because we covered a story about some guy backing up his secret phrase to iCloud. They fished his iCloud account and they got his phrase that way. Mm-hmm. It should be written down on paper, stored in a fireproof safe, maybe in multiple locations. That's the most secure way to do it, just never stored in the cloud. So walk me through this. I'm curious. So on even on a hardware wallet like a ledger, I can just walk over and put in a phrase and, and be good to go, recovery phrase. And that's that phrase that I have selected is unique to me. Exactly. So it's sometimes it's 12 words, sometimes it's 24 words. They're unique to you. And if when, when you first set it up, it should have given you the phrase and told you to write it down and gave you a piece of paper mm-hmm. to write it down on. So if anybody ever gets that list of words, I can plug it into my ledger. I can plug it into my you know, Bitcoin online wallet. And then I then basically control your wallet at that point. What's stopping me just from typing in 24 random words into a net new ledger wallet then i could just take anyone's there's like that's the weakest security ever that's uh, it's nothing but the number of words and getting 24 of them correct it's just like cracking a you know a 500 character password same thing but you could also screw us you, you could also screw somebody over right and do do it 20 times and then you disable the whole wallet in itself right that, no uh, it doesn't no. work that way yeah Unlocking it, yeah, I think you could, right? Because you can have like a passphrase to do that, but yeah, it can wipe the device or it can lock it. But as long as you have that recovery phrase, you just wipe the device and then recover it from that twelve or twenty-four word phrase. So how unique is the twenty-four words? But sorry to interrupt, Glenn. I'm like, because I went through like a a crazy effort to generate twenty-four words, and then it was like, here's your twenty-four words. I'm like, oh, well, that was stupid. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know exactly how many it is, but it's it's safe enough that it's brute force proof for now until we get to quantum computing or something. I don't think yeah. it's brute forceable. Like you just you just randomly put something in there, you're gonna get somebody's. The more people that have a a wallet, it's it's, it's bound to happen. I, I I go back to this though. I thought there was a way that if if someone was trying to brute force your wallet, that that could be done as well because you're giving them unlimited attempts at brute force pretty much but i i think the private key i'll have to look this up if it's the correct i think the private key is a 32-bit string uppercase lowercase numbers i don't think symbols so just think about how long it would take to crack a 32 32 character password uppercase lowercase exclamation it's going to be in like the 40 trillion years or something with modern computing Mm. okay but if you happen to have that phrase because you stole it out of someone's last pass vault, then you just need the one attempt and then you steal all their crypto. What did that tell you, everybody? Don't store your <laughs> inside the cloud. Oops, excuse me, did I say that? 
Yeah, even if you thought it was safe in the quote safe notes feature, it's still it's things like this. It's some kind of side channel attack that gets you popped. Wow. Yeah, because they don't they didn't need to get your username, password, and MFA code. They just stole your vault directly and then they're doing an offline brute force. That's amazing. Well, I, I don't do crypto, so it probably won't. Well, yours it's is probably still me in your Coinbase hot wallet, I'm guessing. <laughs> Mine's in my Coinbase hot wallet, and go ahead and take all five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brian, for that, that stock tip. That hot tip, yeah. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> Brian's deep in thought. He's trying to figure out if he could brute force it, my pass, my recovery phrase and seal all my crypto. I would say I don't have to care about yours. I just got to just, I like to get one time right. Just 24 random words and boom, I'm in. I got whoever I decided to take it from. Like, that's insane. You can try it. Report back. Try it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. I, what yeah, I am going to do is research do. it and find out, like, <laughs> like why? Like, why, why has no one else done that? Trust me, the Chinese are hard at work at this right now. Yeah. <laughs> or North Koreans, more likely. It's the Lazarus group, I'm sure. For can you imagine second... being that group? Hold on. Hold on. Can you imagine being the group that done this, and that they've got they've gotten was that thirty million out of this so far? They're probably like, "Yoo-hoo! We're going on vacation, boys." <laughs> that's was that's the interesting million. part because yeah, yeah, the blockchain's a public ledger, and some guy from Chainalysis got popped, and he, I, you know he's gonna be looking out for where this money goes. How are you gonna end up cashing it out? That'll be interesting to see where it ultimately ends up i guess so based on the walls they get sent to it's probably going to be some apt group i'm guessing it's either lazarus or somebody from one of those the chinese apt groups Mm. i think the leading theory for LastPass was china but they didn't think that crypto cryptocurrency theft would be their primary motivation Really? You don't think money, like $100 million is worth it? If it was Lazarus, yes. If it was China, they're not typically motivated by money. They're typically more motivated by espionage. Like it would have made more sense to crack someone's last pass vault to get access to a corporate network that they wanted, like Microsoft or Amazon, somebody that they cared about. Or maybe they did, and they just sold this piece off to, a, to another guy and... Yeah, they very true. Anyway. Very yeah. true. Been reading a lot of conspiracy theories lately, so it's possible. <laughs> Any good conspiracy possible. theories? Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. Oh, yeah. Have Save you guys it for ever another heard... podcast. <laughs> Since this date just recently passed, have you ever heard the? It's not actually a conspiracy theory. It's actually been proven that Kermit the Frog caused nine eleven to happen. No. Go wait, on. wait, there was a there was a TikTok <laughs> on that, wasn't there? <laughs> I don't know, but it, it's been a it's been a the, well, it's not a theory. It's actually been proven because there's a special. I, I can't remember if it's like a Christmas Carol, but with Kermit in it. And uh-huh. it, it, this movie takes place in 2002, so the tower, towers had already fallen by then. And basically, the I forgot the Ghost of Christmas, whatever, shows Kermit. This is what your life would have been like if you were never born. And they take him to New York, and it says, well, if you're never born, and it has a picture of New York with a tower still standing there. So something that Kermit did in his life, by the fact of him being born, caused 9-11 to happen. 
I think they need that the uh, the writers rough. of Breaking Bad there to you know keep yeah. the story <laughs> in line. Yeah, go look it up. It's a real thing. All right. For our second topic, if we needed evidence that the spyware organization NSO Group is still alive and well, look no further than the latest round of software updates from Apple. Last week, Apple released a software update, iOS 16.6.1, to patch an actively exploited zero-day in iOS used by NSO to install Pegasus spyware on two Washington, D.C.-based civil society organizations. NSO exploited a zero-click exploit chain to install the Pegasus malware on fully patched iOS devices. The vulnerability was discovered by the University of Toronto Citizen Lab, and they did indicate that if the phones were in lockdown mode, like Brian's is, they would have been protected against this particular zero day. The U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, added that these added these CVEs to their KEV list, the Known Exploited Vulnerabilities list catalog, and ordered federal agencies to immediately patch their devices with an October 2nd deadline. October 2nd seems like a pretty long window to, to patch the device. It should be that we're, night. We're talking about the U.S. federal government here. With an MDM, can you force like how often that stuff gets updated or no? Yeah, I'm sure you can. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. I don't know. I you don't know have to, with MDMs. Wasn't that the whole point of an MDM is that you, know, you can control the endpoint and force updates and whatnot? At least for yep. Yeah, yeah. Right. But it's it so I, I mentioned the iOS update, but it's iOS, iPad OS, Watch OS, Mac OS. And right, funny what enough, do they the, all have in common iMessage. Yeah. And but the funny thing is that after Apple released these patches, Chrome and Firefox both released patches for the same vulnerability. So it they believe it was linked to some image parsing library that's used across browsers and smartphones that had this vulnerability in it. So at what point in time do you think they'll actually divulge like how this actually worked? Was it like a zero day? Like I could just like target your phone number and then hit you and then now you have it. Or did the user have to actually be browsing on something and accidentally parse a zero pixel image? I have no idea. So citizen lab, I don't think they released a detailed explanation of it. They might, maybe they might still be under embargo from Apple until enough devices update, but they did indicate it was zero click, which is the absolute worst type of exploit because you just send someone an unsolicited message and then it exploits it. I had a good one this morning. I was scrolling through YouTube or is it Instagram? And I was scrolling through a video and then I saw the, you know, your phone is running out of power. Click, uh, click, uh, you know, shut down or no or whatever. And as I was getting ready to click it, I clicked it and I, I scrolled up and down. I'm like, fudge. <laughs> you <Yeah>. got owned. <laughs> I got owned. <laughs> you mean you yeah, weren't using the island browser that was going to protect you against these types of exploits? It was, it was Instagram. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram so, in a browser, Glenn. <laughs> so I quickly, I quickly shut down uh, my phone and I was like, Dang, I wonder if I'm getting owned right now. So yeah, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, if you get a funky a... message from me, yeah, it's not my fault, man. That's <laughs> a good move, though. 
power yeah. cycling your phone gets rid of 99% of iPhone malware. It's only the really sophisticated stuff that can persist the reboot. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. We should make a little footnote here to come back and revisit like how this exploit actually worked. See if it really was the image parser or not. I think so. I, I didn't haven't researched too much into it, but I I think they said that's the most likely thing because that runs across all iOS devices, Mac devices, and Firefox and Chrome. I'm sure it was Adobe Flash. I'm gonna put my money on that today. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be Flash making its comeback. Holy cow. <laughs> it was either, honestly, either an image or a PDF. It's got to be one of those two. What I want to know is why isn't there more outrage that apparently it was installed on Washington, D.C.-based civil society organizations, but NSO has always claimed that this is you know for law enforcement to fight terrorism. And I don't know if you can really equate these civil society organizations to terrorism but it's interesting that happened here on u.s soil too hey maybe two thousand years from now we'll be looked as, looked back in time as the bad guys we're in the wrong side of history you never know you never remember know. back yep. in the day when all government employees had blackberries because they were safe and secure yep that yeah. was the only phone approved by dod for a very long time yeah i'm surprised that they went to the are allowing iPhones in this format that, that we have now, unless they're maybe they're maybe they're making them go into uh, into um, this lockdown mode in order to use it with the government government uh, in order to use it with the government access. You That's think? what I'm thinking. I'm thinking now that there have been a number of zero day exploits written where lockdown mode would have protected them. That it might become the standard for companies and government. Yeah. You know, I just, uh, I want to go back real quick to the, the previous topic. I'm just thinking, so let's say that you actually kept your 24 password phrases in there. <laughs> We're going back. Okay. Well, no, think, well, it just came back to me. I'm like, so what would you do? Like if you, if you have an offline wallet and you were dumb enough to save it there, like how would you protect yourself? I think the, the most logical thing is you have to transfer that cryptocurrency to a new hardware wallet, right? Can you just change it? Yeah, you can just change it. So you get like a, if you can't do it on the same device, get a second ledger, spin up a new wallet and just set it over there or send it from your ledger wallet to your Coinbase wallet temporarily and then reset your ledger, get, get a new wallet and then send it back. <laughs> and then get hit with all the transaction fees. Transaction Crazy, fee is man. better than getting 100% of it stolen. True. That's crazy that you can't just reset the wallet, uh, the the wallet, the key, the passphrase. Well, you could on the device, but each wallet has its own phrase. So if you, re you reset the phrase, you lose the wallet. No, like so, you open it right, and you say, "Hey, I want to reset the, I want to reset the phrase." So you have to get a new wallet to do that, right? And again, this is just my my ignorance, right, about about how all this works because I don't do crypto so yeah because i th i i believe like device like the ledger if you have bitcoin you can only have one bitcoin wallet on it you might be able to have more than one but just to be safe you probably don't want to reset the device that has all your crypto on it while it's still on it yeah that'd be bad news 
Oh, there you go. Well, now we know that there's a plan of action if you did that. Yeah, if you've ever stored your seat phrase in the cloud and you're worried it's compromised, just get a new wallet, send it over, pay the transaction fee. It's pretty low. Call it a day. But on my Doge. Buy, you can buy your Tesla with Doge pretty soon. It's coming. Those days are coming. Elon loves Doge. Yeah. He loves the most random stuff. I'll tell you what. But I dig it. Apparently, he loves Overwatch. You saw that message that Victor sent us yesterday. I did. Well, he also liked he also liked Amber Heard at one time too. So <laughs> he likes weird things. <laughs> For our third topic, we're revisiting a story we covered last year when we talked about car makers changing things to a SaaS based model. BMW in particular were being a bunch of SaaS holes and wanted to charge users a monthly fee to use the heated seats. Car companies often build their cars with the hardware for these features to streamline manufacturing, then charge a fee to software unlock it. The heated seats were particularly egregious since BMW planned to sell a monthly subscription and not allow drivers to outright buy the feature to permanently turn it on. I'm happy to say we, the consumer, have won this round and BMW scrapped its plans to charge a monthly subscription fee to get the heated seats. Consumers won, SAS holes zero. They still continue to offer a monthly subscription to their, their equivalent of the self-driving feature, which I'm okay with as long as they offer an option to pay a higher fee to permanently turn it on, like the Tesla model. Yeah, I think Mercedes is, was trying that as well. You know, to unlock more horsepower, you had to pay an additional service for that. Um, it wasn't even a service. Know. It was a software unlock. Like the car is capable yeah, of going just, faster. They just unlock yeah, the extra better. speed for a hundred yeah. bucks a month or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny because I went to a, uh, I was a Mercedes event this past weekend in Napa, and it was basically previewing all their electric vehicles that they're coming out with, or that they have come out with. And they had an AMG electric uh, EQS sedan. And so I asked them, I said, hey, other than, you know, um, you know, what's what's there, like visibly, is there any actual performance of the things? Because a motor, you know, electric motor is an electric motor. Is there anything yeah. different? And the guy was like, I go, is the motor bigger? And he goes, well, no. And I said, so what did you guys do to spin up more power? Is there something I got to pay for to get extra service from? And the guy goes... Well, no, and I, and so I, I goes I go. So what does it have? He goes, well, I think it has larger electric cables. And I was like, to do what? <laughs> and I was like, so you haven't really told me other than visibly the looks. What does an AMG have that's different than the regular sedan, right? And yeah, I was highly disappointed. I thought they were kind of lying to me. So uh, I love you're asking questions that lies. they should be able to answer. You know, you would think, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, typically, the the AMGs they have bigger motors, they have supercharged, mm -hmm. they have the race suspension, they have alloyed rims or better rims, better fatter tires. Yeah, it's usually yeah. what the AMG gets you. Yeah, and, and so they couldn't even answer. Like, was it suspension? Was it tires? Was it? You know, the, I I could tell that the leather was better, but that has nothing to do with performance. I was like, AMG typically personas performance to go with it so what's different in this we couldn't really answer it so but it, it, it deemed a forty thousand dollar higher price tag which i was shocked 
They couldn't well, even read the brochure. I'm happy that uh, BMW failed here because I can see people doing like the the ventilated seats. And in Arizona, like that's that's a nice feature to have that I would probably be like, God damn it, I don't want to pay for this, but I really want it. It's pay that forty bucks a month or else bat wings. Yeah, we don't yeah, we don't <laughs> want the bat wings, ladies and gentlemen. But you know what's funny uh, is on on my Bronco, you can buy basically a tuner, and it's like I think it's like nine hundred bucks, and it adds an additional I think only sixty horsepower, but it also turns off like the automatic start stop, and then it increases the top speed from one hundred and seven to one thirty five. That's I, I think that's like the old school days where they'd reprogram the ECU or mm-hmm. reprogram the fuel map for you or something. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what's going on. See that I can see charging for, but if I have the hardware for heated seats, I should either be able to outright buy it for eight hundred bucks or pay twenty bucks a month. Like if someone lives in a area that's only cold four months a year, well I only want heated seats four months a year. That might make more sense, but they should give you the option to buy it out outright. Yeah, agree. I th- I think that's the difference, though, right? If you're buying hardware and it's already in the car, that's yours. That's our that's my concept, right? But if it's software, that's a different story, there, right? Maybe. Well, it's, it's a software that button that's turning it on and off. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I mean, Elon does this with the, the Teslas, right? You can buy the whatever yeah. and they get the ludicrous speed and the same, not with heated seats, but uh, what's the other thing? Oh, the, oh. the self-driving. You can pay per month or just buy it outright. Yeah. That's exactly. not true. He tried, to, He I think he tried to do it with the heated um, driving steering wheel, right? And for a while, I'll be honest with you, for the longest time, I did not know that the seats in the rear of my car, my dad's car, were heated as well. So I was shocked to find that out until one day, I don't know, after an update, it's like, when did we get heated seats in the back? I don't remember <laughs> this. So I thought that came in an update. I know the Model 3 is for the base base model, like the entry-level one. It's a mid-tier one, but it's software locks. So they turn off the heated seats. So you still get the hardware, but you buy the card knowing that it won't come with heated seats, even though it has the hardware for it. Like I think that's fair. Even though you own the hardware, you paid less, therefore you get less features. I think that's okay. But if you start charging twenty bucks a month to turn it on with no option to out buy it outright, then I think that's not right. Well, I, I think in the story though, if I read this correctly, was they already paid the premium and then they wanted to charge them again for for access to that premium, right? Or for access to that feature. I was like, wait a minute. There is no difference between a non-heated seat car and the heated seat car, which I already pay a premium because it's a BMW, and then you want to charge me monthly again for this service. This is they, they, I think the argument was people felt like they were being um, charged twice for it. Charged twice or going the, the SaaS model. Yeah. All I know is I got an email from Tesla saying that if I want to buy a new Tesla but I want to trade in my old one that I can actually take my license for full self-driving and move it over. Yeah. I saw that too. That, that helps them with new, new deliveries. So I think we, Oh yeah. I'm looking at the calendar now we're almost at quarter end. So yeah, they are motivated to move units before the 30th, the 30th of this. I'm waiting for free charging again. So, (laughs) so if they did, so let me ask you, Chris, if they did one where you do free, they would take your self-driving and, your free charging, would you do that in a heartbeat? 
Probably not because they, they did offer that to me. They said you'll get free supercharging for six years. So not for life, but for yeah. six years. Okay. They they did offer that and they did not offer the transfer full self driving. I, I don't know if they ever combine the two, but no, I'm happy with mine. It's only five years old. It's still got a lot of life left in it. Except it squeaks when you turn, right? Is that what it I fixed that. I fixed that. <laughs> The only thing I don't like about it is the range, but 90% of the time the range is fine. It's only when we go on a road trip that it's a little inconvenient. What's the range in yours? The EPA range is 230. I think realistically it gets mid-100s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The new ones get so. 348, man. Yeah. That's rough. You know what? I, I think I told you guys I, I finally had the ability to take delivery on the Rivian the SUV. Oh, you did? Yeah, the okay. email just came in. And one of the things I noticed, and I wish I wrote down the numbers, is like the battery pack on the Model Y is literally half the size as it is on the Rivian. But the Rivian gets 20 miles less. So in other so words, Rivian battery is twice as big. Yeah, yeah, the efficiency yeah. is terrible. So, <clears throat> so you, you still get comparable range. But it makes you like I must be spending double just to charge it. It's kind of wild when you think about that. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. The, the, the other thing that's nice about the new Teslas is they charge really, really fast. You get what eighty percent of your charge in thirty minutes, whereas mine takes at least an hour or maybe more. Oh wow! To get full off yeah. off a supercharger. Oh, oh, shut nice. up! But you get to charge for free though. So trade that turn in. Yeah, that is that is nice. <laughs> Which he never uses, according yeah. to that screenshot he sent us. Yeah. Yeah, I charge mostly at home. Why would you do that? Just convenience? Yeah, convenience. Hmm. For our last topic, and it will be a rotating topic every week, this week we're going to talk about the iPhone 15 launch event that happened this week. It looks like our predictions practically nailed what Apple released on the iPhone 15 Pro. It's got the USB-C connector, the action button on the side, and the telephoto 5X camera like Mr. 443 predicted using Tetra Prisms. He called it a periscope, but Apple calls it a Tetra Prism. The meme and joke every year is that Apple only makes marginal improvements for every new iteration of the iPhone and the iPhone 15 Pro was no exception. Also, every year, Apple's stock price drops as they almost always underwhelm Wall Street. I'll likely get it anyways. I want the always-on retina display that was added on the 14 Pro. I love the always-on display of my Apple Watch, and I consider it a game-changer. I'll actually have to feel the iPhone to see if the titanium case or the rounded corners make any difference. We already talked about it in the group chat, but will you guys tell the audience, do you plan on getting the iPhone 15? Glenn, you go first. I was lucky enough to get to an iPhone 13 from an 8, so you know my stance on that. <laughs> this, this, this baby's going to be in my pocket for quite some time. Because <laughs> I think so, I got like a 256 or 512 for it, so there's no reason for me to upgrade. I'm not even close. So I made the decision before it even came out that I was not upgrading. I'm going to wait for like the 17 or the 18, to be honest with you guys. And you're on the 14 right now, aren't you? You have the island. Yeah. 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 Uh, So yeah, I like this is like the you know historic countdown, the letdown. Like I, and in fact, it was such a letdown that normally 
uh, when I'm online, I'll see something about the Apple event. I saw nothing. And it wasn't until last night. I'm like, didn't didn't the, like the iPhone thing come out? And they went on their website. I'm like, wow, this, yeah, it's uh, it's the same thing, right? <laughs> it wasn't anything big, right? It wasn't, I don't uh, think it yeah. You know, you know what's interesting is uh, Sam Curry. We had him on the podcast. Did you see the the Slack thing about the the weight and the, and the actual yes, cost savings? For, yeah, yeah. I thought that was interesting. So the, the long yeah. short of it is, he were, I guess he worked for RSA and he talked about the the little tokens and like uh, you know the hard tokens you used to walk around with and the how secure they ID tokens. Yeah, they had yeah. the number that changed every sixty seconds. Yeah, and the the cost savings like it didn't seem like much for one device, but if you did that over a couple million, it was huge savings for them over the course of time, which I thought was kind of amazing. So it must be the same thing for Apple that because the 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 weight is only one gram difference, right? Yeah, so I think they said that the you switching to titanium allows them to save weight. It allows them to make the screen. I don't know if the screen's bigger or the bezel smaller, but then. It also allows them to put in like more chips components and a bigger battery without making it any heavier. But but titanium is also harder to cut, right? It's a more of a precious metal, uh, and not only that, but the the shavings that come from it are highly flammable. So <laughs> that's Foxconn's problem. That's not my it. problem. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but but that all that is passed on in cost, right? Or, yeah, is, is what I'm thinking. So, yeah, it's the children's yeah. problem. We're not going to worry about this. We're adults. <laughs> it's the Uyghurs. Yeah. That's terrible to say, but they, it's true. They, they they said the starting price for the Pro for the same capacity is the same. So the starting capacity this year for the Pro is two fifty six, and it's eleven ninety nine. And last year's fourteen Pro was also eleven ninety nine for the two fifty six. So it's not any more expensive than it was last year, even though they they're you're getting way more. This is. There's actually two milestones for this this iPhone. So number, the first one is the Pro is going to use TSMC's 3 nanometer technology for their, their chip making, which they said is 12 silicon atoms wide. So that you can think of what it takes to, to do that. And then Not the other thing is... Not very at all. The other <laughs> first is this is going to be the first iPhone that ships directly from India because traditionally they're made in China by Foxconn, but Apple is diversifying their supply chain because of a potential conflict with China that might may or may not have ever happen, but they're trying to diversify their supply chain. So this is the first iPhone that will be shipped directly from India. Good for them. So a different set of young kids will be, will be building. <laughs> yeah. Uh, joking aside, hopefully they actually take care of these kids in India and, and China for that matter. But <laughs> yeah. The, other interesting thing about the this iPhone, so it is switching to USB C. The four, uh, the fifteen, and the fifteen Pro will both be USB C. The fifteen Pro will have a feature that allows you to film ProTune video. So I think it's four K at sixty frames per second, but it has to be stored on an external device. I guess it can't write to the internal memory fast enough, and that USB C connector is 20 times faster than their lightning port so that switching that not only allows them to comply with the eu standard for a standard charging cable but also gives them the ability to write and transfer video 20 times faster than before how could uh, writing not to the internal drive be slower than writing to an external drive i don't understand that at all 
Yeah, I don't know. That's that's what I read. They said if you want to record at ProTune speeds, it has to be written to an external device. What was that? A spinning disc on the other side that's going to be able to capture that? I was just thinking about this. It's like how that doesn't sound right, but okay. <laughs> it, it seems like the Pro, the 15 Pro, is really geared towards professionals. Like there is a. I think at launch there was a music video by I think it was Olivia Rodrigo that was completely shot on an iPhone 15 Pro. Never heard of her. Wow, they're 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 going after the uh, the cinema market then. Yeah, yeah. So this phone is the first one that complies with some kind of cinema standard for color balance or something or another. But yeah, that, that's that's what they're going for. Do you do you remember when GoPros were kind of like the th- the thing? The, the whole Matrix uh, screenshot was played with like 30-odd cameras in a circle mm-hmm. where yeah. they had that the, guy uh, the bullet that time. The yeah. yeah, that was actually really cool. I guess you have to have 30 iPhones mounted in the same way in order to do this thing. Yeah, but pretty much. In order to do that, they, have, they all got to be connected to a laptop with a spinning disc or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny. We'll see. It comes out in a week. I'm likely going to get it, so if I'm lucky enough to get one on launch day, then I'll have to report back. Wait, I'm you so have a thirteen? You're already you're already upgrading thirteen to a fifteen? Yeah. You're every I other am. year? Yeah. Okay. Mr. Big Bucks over here. Spend that spend that money. No, not like Brian. I don't have a fourteen like Brian. Yeah, the fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> 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 gotta keep that Apple stock up. You gotta justify that three trillion dollar market cap. True. Well, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke dad of joke the week. week. Dad joke of the week. This week, Glenn's up. All right, folks, here it is. Computers are like women. They're temperamental, fickle, and expensive. Bum, bum, bum. I don't. It's not really. No joke there. Just bad joke. There's a punchline. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a backup? Sorry. I was I was expecting something like you know this is why computers are better than women because if you use another computer then your current computer won't get mad something like that. Yeah. Well, well they they do they do get upset with each other. So. Did you know that water is wet, Mister Captain Obvious over here? (laughs) Dad joke of the week. Wow, wow, wow. All right, sorry, that was a bad one. You tried hard and you failed. The lesson here is never try. <laughs> All right, to wrap things up, if you stored your recovery phrase in LastPass, get a new wallet immediately. NSO Group is still popping iPhones with zero-click exploits. BMW realizes they were being SaaS holes. And the iPhone 15 is pretty much the same as the 14. That's all I have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at PevCac Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who raised us five stars in the iTunes store on Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the PevCac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. My co-host Brian Deach and Glenn Medina... I'm Chris Lloyd. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. And as always, have a nice day. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Have a nice day. <laughs>